This podcast brought to you by Hope 103.2. I recently had a conversation where it was mentioned that in the lead up to Easter, many Christians around the world are faced with higher levels of persecution. So joining us now is Open Door CEO, Mike Gore. Mike, is that the case? Hey, Brendan. Hey, guys. It is well and truly the case. In fact, Easter is the most dangerous time in the Christian calendar around the world. So we have seen bombings year after year at Easter. So you're right, Easter comes with extreme danger for Christians. How does persecution present these days? Yeah, it's a good question. It's something that I think is one of the great misnomers of persecution. There are three. Now, number one is that persecution is always violent. That is well and truly untrue. In fact, the persecuted church will talk to us about what we call the smash and the squeeze paradigm. So at one end of the scale, you have acts of violent persecution, often indicative of the Middle East. The other end of the scale are acts of nonviolent persecution, often uh, experienced across Southeast Asia and other parts of the world, where culture becomes so restrictive for Christians that outworking your faith means your kids can't go to school, you can't get access to childcare and other kind of things. And so persecution is not always violent, and it's the acts of nonviolent persecution that are far more effective at suppressing the forward movement of the church. What sort of uh, practical support is Open Doors offering Christians around the world at the moment? It's it's a really interesting organisation. Now, most charities, I think they have a kind of, I don't know, let's say a one kind of fit solution to what they do. Now, that's really important, whether you're feeding people or alleviating poverty. The thing with Open Doors is we work in more than 70 countries around the world. And Brendan, to be honest, our work, it looks vastly different in those 70 countries. So Mm. in some countries... We might be feeding people if it's a war crisis and and they're fleeing. In other countries, we might be doing micro-business loans and offering people the ability to to retain jobs and get back on track. And in other countries, it could be schools, education, trauma care, marriage and counselling. So right across the globe, we are involved in a vastly different uh, number of projects. When you're working in these nations that persecute Christians, how do you go about your work? Like, is it all sort of on the down low? It really depends, and for the most part it is because the, the nature of the work we're doing with the persecuted church means we are working wherever Christianity collides with governments, religions, politics, and there's generally a really abrasive fallout. So, uh, for, yeah, for, I would say in 80 or 90% of the cases, it is undercover, it is down low, and is definitely not publicised. With all the statistics of persecution around the world, uh, there would certainly be miraculous stories of transformation also. What are some of those stories that you've had and that you've heard? I think one of the great, again, misnomers of persecution is that it's almost like a, um, it's where the church is dying. And the opposite is largely true, Brendan. Mm. Persecution in many ways is a consequence of successful Christianity. Think about it, wherever the gospel is being shared, persecution exists. And it was true 2,000 years ago. It is true today. And so for us, what we do as an organization is we probably say, you know, we go to where the gospel is alive and moving the most, and we ask, how can we breathe life into it and keep the Great Commission going? I remember a brother from the Persian-speaking world, a pastor who had been imprisoned for his faith, said to me, had I not been persecuted, the gospel would never have reached this prison. And think about that for a moment. You know, it is flipping the lens on the notion of how God uses persecution 
to form the motor or the engine of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me, I mean, I'm like, I spent 10 years, I mean, probably actually I spent 30 years um, thinking about Christianity being almost like a mix between Superman and Santa Claus. I came into Open Doors and I realized, flipping heck, it's backwards, man. The, the gospel is alive and moving. It comes at a cost. And more than that, Jesus is still building his church through opposition. And so, yes, they are stories of success and triumph and courage, but they come at a great cost. I did hear someone mention a story about like a suicide bomber who'd walked into a church, had an intention to cause havoc and damage, but was impacted and, and you know, radically turned around in a moment. Are, are things like that happening? They are. Yeah, they are. I mean, it's like life is always a scale. I think it. Oh, we often want to live at the end of the scale where we sort of say that's always happening. The truth of it is that there are a lot of suicide bombers who would walk in with adverse um, motives towards a church and they would detonate the bomb. However, there are times and stories of others who have been transformed by God. In fact, well, what's more courageous or more inspiring is the posture of Christians in the face of that fear, right? the face of Will someone walk into our church this Easter with a bomb? And more than that, will they be converted? Will they not? A mother of two from Pakistan who had lived through the Lahore bombings from a few years ago, she said, we go to Easter knowing that at any moment our service could be disrupted. So when she talks about disruption, she's talking about a suicide bomber. And she says, but then I ask myself, will it really be disrupted or will I be sent into the fullness of worship? Oh, wow. Is that not one of the most powerful statements you have ever heard? Or will I be sent into the fullness of worship? A mother of two from Lahore in Pakistan. Here in Sydney in our safe little Christian bubble, we'll probably never face a decision of whether, you know, we'll die for our faith. Um, but every day we make a decision of whether or not we'll live for it. In the lead up to Easter, what sort of encouragement do you take from the people that you're supporting who are persecuted for their faith into your everyday life? Yeah, it's a great question, Ali. I mean, you answered it. A, a believer in Vietnam said to me, Mike, it is a lot easier to die for Christ than it is living, mm. right? And I think for me that is one of one of those really hard, provocative truths from the persecuted church. We may not experience violence persecution here in Australia, but we are experiencing a rapid change in religious freedoms that the public shame of being a Christian and our desperate love for being loved and influenced um, or having influence, that's where the collision is going to happen. You know, will we be willing to follow Christ if it meant looking uncool? And and whether people sort of scoff or laugh at that, well, we've got a God who cares about it equally as he does the church in the Middle East. So what matters for us as we walk into this Easter season is asking ourselves the question, not are we willing to die for Christ, but are we willing to live for him? Because Easter is the point of conjecture the world over for religions, that Jesus rose from the dead. It is something that we celebrate. It mm. is something that is unique to us, and it is something that we need to ask ourselves in the face of public opposition or shame, are we willing to live for him? And so I think for me that's the overarching message that I um, walk into Easter thinking about. Mm. Uh, my, I guess in this lead-up to Easter, what can we do in terms of financial support for Open Doors? What can we be praying for uh, for the persecuted church? Each Easter we run a campaign called One With Them. It's one of the campaigns that I love the most because we ask people to draw a cross on the inside of their wrist, share it on social media, but to donate one day's wage to the persecuted church. Now, 
We do this the week before Easter because the reality is it is highly likely that during that week a church will experience some extreme opposition. But for us, Brendan, I believe that, man, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, a Christian, then each and every one of us should be able to do something once a year financially for the persecuted church and the global body of Christ. And so we encourage people to donate one day's wage, work one day for free out of 365 for the persecuted church. Mm. And and that's what we do at Easter. So if any of the listeners um, would be willing to do that, man, we would love them to jump to opendoors.org.au and to, to stand with us in solidarity with the global body of Christ this Easter. Because as I said, Ali, man, the question is, are we willing to live for him this Easter? Mm. And one of the simplest ways we can do that is to give up one day of our freedom, our wage, our finances um, in order to support and pray for the persecuted church. Mm, absolutely. Open Door CEO Mike Gore, thank you so much for what you're doing for our brothers and sisters around the globe who are persecuted. We thank you so much for your insights joining us on Hope Brecky today. No worries. Right back at you anytime. Thanks for listening. Start your day with life words. Subscribe to Hope 1032's free daily email devotional at hope1032.com.au.